jumping, you gotta go to the gym for the two weeks that last. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta do the things that you think you gotta do in the new year. And I thought it was a global, international, everybody does it. You know, they do this in Africa, they do this in Taiwan, they do this all over. But the reality is this, the New Year's resolution is a very American thing. It's a very Western thing. Uh, you know, I would even say North American, like a lot of North Americans do it. They practice this idea of a New Year's resolution. And uh, being an American, myself, I have always done it. Even when we lived and people were like, you know, what is that about? It was like, you know, you start the New Year strong. You, you get the, the things you want to get done that year. You plan it out. You, you commit to it. And you, you define yourself by that resolution, right? You know, some people, for some, it's I'm going to go back to the gym. I'm going to, uh, you know, study. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to get our finances in order. A lot of resolutions happen. And I want to talk to you that, or talk to you about the idea of a resolution is something that happens with preparation. Okay, it doesn't just come to you. It's not simple. It's, it's challenging for some. For others, you have to invest. You have to consider what am I not going to buy in order to make this happen. So let's pray before we go further. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that number one, that we are not committing to anything new in serving you that we have been doing that. We have said, Lord, our life is yours. So today, even as your servants, we say, Jesus, you are Lord of our life. We thank you, God, that you've been speaking into us. We pray for all of our brothers and sisters around the world who are serving you, who cannot come together and worship in public or read the word in public. We thank you for them. We pray blessing over them. We pray for those that are in jail and persecuted just for the name of Jesus. We are mindful of them today. We do not forget them. We pray for them today. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Encourage them. Let them have joy and peace in whatever situation they're in. Holy Spirit, we invite you here today that as we read the word, that you would give us the understanding and the wisdom to apply it into every area of our life. Jesus, we declare you as Lord over this church, over this message, and over our lives. And we thank you for all you have done, all you are doing, and all you are going to do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, kind of jumping back into this idea of a New Year resolution, um, you will or you will not get it done. That's it. There's only two, two options, two ways. You're going to do it or you're not going to do it. There's the, the uh, maybe humble approach of saying, I'm going to try. Now, it might be humble, but it also might be a premeditated excuse of when you don't finish. You say, hey, I tried. Okay, but the reality is this. You will or you won't. You will get rid of a bad habit or you won't. You will start a good habit or you won't. And the reality is this, it is the bottom, the black and white truth of what we are going to do. Now let me say it like this for you, in a sobering reality of time and the essence of it, in 2023, you had January through December to accomplish or start or begin or try, and in 2023, you either did or you didn't, right? That's, that's the reality of it. But let me say an even sobering remark that, that kind of may challenge you. 2023 will never come again. That year is gone. Whatever you did or didn't do, whatever you tried or didn't try, you'll never have the opportunity to do it in the year 2023 again. It is gone. 
And I say that to bring us into a sobering reality that there is some real hard choices and decisions and efforts that we have to make. It can't just be, I hope. I'm going to try. If we're going to do something, we are going to do it, but we're not. Everything that happened and everything that changed will remain in that year. Okay? This year's experiences will never come again, whether good or bad. You may have had one of the best days of your life in 2023, but that's not going to happen again, not in the exact same way. It's not going to be something that uh, you know, will be uh, even comparable in some areas. Some things happened in 2023, whether good or bad, and they will never come again. For me, one of the areas that makes it very obvious is when you have kids. When you have a kid, when you have a child, those years, they move forward. There's no going back and fixing what happened when my son was two years old. He was two years old one time. That's it. And like I said, whether good or bad, those experiences will never come again. We don't live in the failures. We don't live in the areas of, of excitement and even uh, joy because it happened, it was there, and now it's a memory. And in looking at this, uh, my son turned 10 this year. In comparison, when he was two, we went to four different countries in one year. <laughs> this year, we were in one. That's it. We traveled, I think, to Texas. That was our travel. You know, and, and in looking back, when he was two years old, we were in four different countries, in multiple cities, taking planes, driving, you know, doing different things. It was a different life. Looking back at how things change, we can see a lot. But we also have to stop. I love memories. I love photography. I love taking pictures. Because uh, I remember when I was young, my mom had a big box full of pictures. And it was like, you know, the, the actual pictures, not digital, you know, the ones that you actually picked up and held. And uh, I remember going through that box and, who's this? Where was this? You know, what were we doing? You know, <laughs> like, why, why were my brother and sister eating candy and I wasn't? You know, like, me seeing, like, what was going on? Asking her about memories, asking her about these things. And the idea was that it showed me what was going on in the years that had passed. You know, to hear about the adventures or the, or the things that had happened, uh, even in, uh, they're telling us a story. We took a picture in an airport in uh, Santo Domingo, and what happened was that the, the country had like a civil uh, unrest. And so we were forced to leave, to actually, in some sense, flee, because we were there, my parents were there starting a church. And so in some sense, we were forced to flee, you know, to leave as Americans. They, they advised all the Americans to leave immediately so we go to the airport and they tell my parents they they said that we can get you two on a flight and your children on a flight separately and my mom was like no you're not doing that and she had uh what she told me is at the time there was a lot of especially american kids going missing so she was like that's not happening so she's there arguing with the you know the flight of uh, people trying to book the flights and we have to leave and so what happened was there was these guys that overheard my parents discussing the situation with the attendant, and they said, you can have our seats. And so they, they had taken a picture in that moment, and, and I asked them, you know, where was this? They told me the whole thing going on. I was like, oh, 
You know, so looking back and, and seeing, I love memories. I love hearing about history and stories and what happened there. And, and the reality is there's a lot of value in that because you can understand what has happened. Even, uh, you know, how uh, talking to Pastor Albert of Calvary Light, say, you know, what has happened in this building? You know, what has God done? You know, what has God done in this neighborhood? You know, and, and finding out, learning about all these things, it's important but it's equally as important to talk about what's ahead. See, sometimes we can get stuck in the past and what happened, and we can even look at the accomplishments and successes and begin to be defined and say, that's who we are. We've accomplished these amazing things in 2023. But the reality is this, 2024 is not the same thing. 2024 is something totally new. John 14, 3. Maybe uh, one of you guys can pull it up. John 14, 3. I'm going to ask one of you to read it. Whoever gets there first. John 14, 3. I'm sorry, 1 through 4. But it's verse 3 we're going to focus on. But 1 through 4. John 14, 1 through 4. Go ahead, Martha. Uh, don't let your hearts be in trouble. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you? There I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Um, and you know the way that, to where I am going. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to read this version. <laughs> Let not your heart be troubled. You believe, in, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. So I want you to understand this. Jesus himself said that he was going ahead and he was preparing a place for us, <laughs> which is amazing. Think about this preparation, right? He was going, it says it very clearly. I go to prepare a place for you. So we can know this. We have something to look forward to. No matter what has happened we can look forward and say, Lord, I know that you went before me and you're preparing a place for me. And there's, there's a hope in that. There's a, there's a confidence that we can move forward knowing that we're not perfect. We're not sinless. We, we are seeking uh, holiness. We are seeking to know Jesus. We are seeking to be in relationship with him. But there is a reality that he went to prepare a place for us. And we can put our confidence in that. What was Jesus preparing? A place for us, right? Simple question, simple answer. Why did he prepare? Now that's, that's another question we can a little bit examine because there's uh, the idea that he says, uh, in my father's house are many mansions. In another translation, it says rooms. In my father's house are many rooms, okay? Why did he prepare? Because there's so many rooms. He has to prepare one room for you. Now, think of it like this. Uh, my sister lives in Texas, so when we go to visit, we usually stay with my sister. 
you know, she has, I believe it's a four-bedroom house. Yes, four-bedroom house. And uh, the largest room is her room, right? It's, it's the bathroom. The, they have their own area. Then they have an upstairs, like, entertainment area that can fit a couch, a bed, desk, and some other stuff. Uh, it, it's a large house. But when we are going to go visit, she picks a room and prepares it for us. That when we show up, we're going into this house that has this room prepared for us to be in there. And there's a reality that uh, sometimes when the whole family comes, she gets all the rooms ready, right? Everything's ready, the whole house. Each one specifically for a certain family member or certain, like my parents or my brother or us, uh, you know, eat extra blankets for the kids or, or even a closet to hang our clothes in. Uh, my parents, you know, obviously get the nicer place or nicer room. My brother uh, gets the big room because he has a huge family. <laughs> um, but they all, they, they prepare as much as possible. And the reality is this, that preparation is as much about others as it is about you. Why does she prepare? Because her home would be in chaos if we all showed up and she was not prepared. There's a reality to this in our own life. The prepared heart is the heart ready to give and ready to welcome or receive others. The prepared heart is already in the frame or thinking or context or has the, the worldview or perspective or, or a, a lens that it's about others right now. When they come, when they come into my home, it's about them and their comfort. How uncomfortable it is when you have a large home and everybody's there. You know, you go to sit on your favorite seat in the living room and someone's sitting there. You go to watch TV and someone's watching TV, right? How uncomfortable. You know, you, you, you go to make some coffee and, and the coffee machine was already used, you know, and no one refilled, refilled it, right? How uncomfortable it makes us when we receive others. And like I said, preparation is as much about others as it is about us. Our hearts have to be prepared to receive. We can't just say, Lord, bring in, bring in, get them here. When our hearts and our place isn't even prepared. When we begin to think and, and consider that, you know, if we showed up at the airport, you know, got on our rental, drove to my sister's house, and she was like, oh, you guys are there already? I'll be there tomorrow. We, we arrived today. I sent you the information. Yeah, but we had a trip planned. I'll be there tomorrow. That would be unwelcoming. It would be uh, even hurtful because she was inconsiderate. Uh, obviously, that's not what my sister does. If you know my sister, she's like all about like, you know, serving. She's like, you know, what do you guys need? I got you chocolate. I got you whatever you want. You know, like she, she hooks it up. But what I'm saying is that preparation is as much about others as it is about us because we must be prepared when people are on their way. Where is your life right now? Is it prepared? Meaning, and, and we'll bring it to the context of a church setting. Let's just say 
for a pastor, okay, the role of a pastor, and even some that are in the church that are wanting to serve and, and commit and be part of it, you know, there's a reality that someone comes to church and they say, hey, I need someone to pray for me tomorrow. Can you come to my house? Now, obviously, as a pastor, uh, Pastor Monter and myself, we've been asked that. We try to do it as much as possible. Whenever we're available, we can go do it. But there are times when someone else might be asked. And the reality is this. What is the preparation for that? Do we say, no, I'm busy. I got to watch my favorite show. <laughs> like, you know, the reality of like, you know, what about the preparation to serve others? Where is your heart right now? Where is your life right now? Is it prepared? If you look back at 2023, how many people did you welcome into your life? How many people did you say, come to my house for dinner? I want to just sit and talk with you. About what? We're going to talk about God because I love him. He's changed my life. But I just want to know who you are. I want you to come sit in my house. I want to prepare a place for you. How many times did you sacrifice for the needs of others? You know, again, I'm referencing my sister. Uh, she gets ready for us. She gets ready for the kids. She gets ready for the kids to break things. <laughs> Nobody likes to talk about that, right? Kids come over to your house. They throw a ball, the lamp breaks, you know, something, something breaks, and you're like, oh my gosh. If your heart's prepared, it's like, a, you know what? I love my family. I, you know, I forgive you. Please tell your children to stop throwing things. You know, like, but there's a reality that your heart has to be prepared because you, these people come in and they start destroying even in some sense, not, not purposefully, not intentionally. It's just the fact that now the house is full and, and there's not as much space Someone gets bumped, something falls off the counter, right? And, and something happens, something breaks. You prepare your heart. You prepare to bring uh, an understanding that there's going to be noise. I, I love, um, our home is pretty quiet for the most part, uh, but there is a sense of, of loudness that happens with our children. You know, and then us yelling from the room, what? You know, like, be quiet, you know? And there's, there's a sense of noise that happens. But there's a reality. We love, we love our home to be quiet. We're real chill, real mellow. We don't like yelling. We don't, it's just not, it's not our home. And when we visit other houses and we go to other places, and we've been to, you know, family members, uh, friends, you know, people we've met along the way, and their houses, is lo they're loud. It just kind of throws me off. I'm just like, whoa, like, whoa, like, that's... That's normal. <laughs> you know, like, it's just different. But there's a reality. Like My sister gets, gets ready for that level of noise. right? She gets ready that it's not going to be quiet. That someone's going to try to go to sleep and there's going to be eight other people laughing their heads off until three in the morning. Right? Um, and then the kids bring at a level of noise. They fill up the kitchen. You know, she fills up her kitchen with food for us. Which is you know, something I ate. Uh, one time I was there. She bought this cereal. It was delicious. I had never had it. It was amazing. I love cereal. And so, well, certain types. And it was delicious. And she went to get some and it was all gone. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and she was like, ah, it's all right. She's like, I figured, uh, she was like, I figured you would eat all my cereal. And it was something she had already prepared for. You know, and I'm saying that she wasn't really angry because she knew the price of us being around was missing food. That's the cost. 
And so what happens is when we say, Lord, you know, bring, you know, we, some, of, some of the prayers may be, Lord, help our church to grow. Lord, help our ministry to be more effective. And there's a reality. The prayer should go to the place of saying, Lord, help us prepare. Because I may show up to church and not have my favorite seat. And that's going to bother me. <laughs> you know, we may have to park three blocks away because they took all the parking. And the reality is the preparation of our heart comes first because God, why would God bring people to an unprepared home if he himself went ahead to prepare a place? Why would he look at us and say, man, they're totally unprepared. I'm going to send them 10,000 people. He wouldn't. He would say, look at the people who are preparing. Look at the people who are readying their hearts to say, Lord, even though there's not going to be a lot of space, there's going to be some difficult times. We're going to argue. People are not going to like the worship. They're going to complain about the pastors. They're going to complain about the coffee. They're going to complain about the lighting. Everything's going to be an issue. But I'm preparing my heart to say, Lord, I want them to know you. So I don't care what they say. I'm going to prepare my heart to say, Lord, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to help all these people get past all the stuff and know you. In your life, is everything about what you get out of it or is it about what others get to have instead of you? Think about that. Think about that. We, and I've shared about this before, we have created in some sense a culture of consumerism where we, we like what we like. We, we want, you know, our favorite song because the Holy Spirit touched us that one time. And we're like, man, when that song goes, the Holy Spirit just speaks to me. But what about a song that you hate is someone else's moment and song that they love and the Holy Spirit touched them? That's the hard part. Where, where someone else is saying, man, can we do this song? I just... Man, I feel like the Holy Spirit just speaks to me during that song. And you're like, that's the worst song in the world. But there's a reality of preparation saying, what can others get to have instead of me? Can I show up and serve and even feel like, Lord, where are you? But I served and others felt like, man, what a great place to be. When Christ came... He came not to be served, he came to serve. We read that. We read that understanding. When Christ came, he came not to be served, he came to serve. As followers of Jesus, people who model our own lives after his, we must definitely have our minds geared towards this life, a life of service. Proverbs 24, 27. Let me have somebody read that. 24, 27, Proverbs. Twenty-four, twenty-seven. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Proverbs 24, 27 says, Prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field. And afterward, build your house. The thought here is to make sure preparation is in order. 
If someone's going to get married or start a business, preparation will make or break you. Right? If you're saying, I'm going to go do this thing, I'm going to go work on this project, I'm going to start this over here, the preparation will either make it successful or break it along the way. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I didn't know. I, I didn't know how to do that. You can learn. You can ask questions. You can talk to people. You can say, what do you do in this situation? What happens if this? How do I? Right? You prepare. There's an outside work. You apply that to your life. What do you need to work on? Are you a lazy person? Are you a jealous person? There's some outside work that just for you yourself, you're saying, what do I do? How do I interact with others in situations? How do I interact with my own life, with my own uh, spouse or even at home or with my neighbors or with my friends or with my family? How do I interact and what causes me? What sparks me? What gets me angry? What triggers me? Right? What are those things that you can begin to work on? And then it says make it fit for yourself in the field. I like that because it's basically saying understand your culture. The field is the thing we're in wherever we're at. It could be a city. It could be contextualizing the area we're in in a city. It could be the area we're in as a state. Right? People, if you go to Texas and you say you're from California, they're like, oh, no, another one, right? They, they hate Californians right now. And, and I'm just saying that you have to understand the field you're in. You have to understand what you're doing, who you're around, to understand the people that surround you. You have to know where you fit in in all of that. Are you the jerk that calls himself a Christian? Or are you the person that actually loves people? And people are surprised when you say you're a Christian. <laughs> who are you in that? Learning to differentiate, figure out who am I in this situation? Understanding that this is a field. Are, are, they, are they people that are bitter, right? Are they people that complain? You understand this field. You don't belong there with them, right? It's not going to stay that way. You are vital in changing the horizon, the skyline, the view of that field. Think of it like this. When you look at a farm and there's a crop growing, right? You go to maybe uh, uh, middle of California. I think we, we do corn. I think we're one of the biggest suppliers of wheat. Um, I'm trying to think what else. But, but if you go to these farms, you see these fields. You got to remember there was nothing there. They worked, and then they planted, and then they, they took care of it. And now all that comes out of that is from the work that was done before. They make it fit, right? They make it fit for yourself in the field. And then it says, and afterward, build your house. Don't start work until you've prepared, until you've envisioned, until you've counted the cost. That's one of the biggest things that I would teach everybody. Count the cost. What does it cost to follow Jesus? What is the cost of serving? What is the cost of starting a business? What is the cost? What will it take to make it happen? Zig Ziglar said, success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 through 2. I believe this is the message translation. It says this, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, 
going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. New King James Version says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be robbed of a full life that is promised in the gospel by not preparing for it. That's a reality here. We can be robbed of a full life by not preparing for it. When, when we think and we... All of us pray for the salvation of our family. We pray for uh, the peace, the joy, that the gospel would speak to them in a way that changes their life and is for them uniquely to walk in relationship with our Heavenly Father and to know who He is and what He has done. We pray for that. But there's a reality that when we pray for that, we have to make room, we have to prepare for that because they're going to say, hey, you know, can I go to church with you? Can, can we go to this place together? Can, can you go with me as I go check out this ministry or this church? And we have to make room for that. We have to say, if they're going to walk, if they're going to go pursue Jesus, I'm going to make room for that. Set your mind, set your heart on our Father in heaven. God is a giver and he gave to you and he will continue to give to you. Be prepared for what God gives you. Be prepared for what God gives you. There's a moment in, in most of us, and I think if it hasn't happened, it might, but there's a moment that I can recall in, in times past where someone has come to me with a question of God or Jesus or the Bible and even asked for prayer. And in the questioning, I wasn't prepared. And it was almost a moment where I could say I dropped the ball. And right, we know that we're not saviors. We know that we're not saving them. It's, it's Christ. But there's a reality that God was setting up a moment that we could have been prepared for. But maybe when I was, you know, watching a movie <laughs> and then I'll watch it again or part two, part three, you know, why not? Maybe. I could have just disciplined myself and read some scripture and it could have been helpful to that person in that moment. What I'm saying is that preparation and discipline, it comes together in those moments when God presents a situation. Success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. In back to the area of saying this, be ready for opportunities that God gives you. Preparation is as much about others as it is about us. The prepared heart is the heart ready to give and ready to welcome or receive others. 
And I say that in correlation to the idea of church, but I also say it with a lens of saying, maybe your home is the place that God's saying prepare. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's your personal life that God's saying, there's something ready for you that I, I need you to serve in. Is your life prepared right now? Is your heart prepared right now? Look back at 2023 and really look at it. Say, how many people did I sit down and have a gospel conversation with? Or how many people did I sit down and just really hear them? Where they talked and I listened. I wasn't just looking for the answer to give them. I was listening. Preparation is as much about others as it is about you. And uh, Melvin, if you can come up and strum, and then Pastor Monge, I'm going to hand it off to you right now. But I just want to close it with this. Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field.